Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Family, welcome back. Today we dove into my third combo session, which was really beautiful, just as the other two were. If you haven't heard the last podcast, listen to them because I talk about one and two. And then on this one, we talk about the very last one that made up my warrior dose. And it was beautiful. I also dove into some more lessons that the jungle taught me which honestly, as we keep moving forward, I swear that experience was so powerful that the lessons will just keep like creeping in as we go. That's what I think. I think it's one of those things that we don't really understand at this point, the impact that it really had for you. I I feel like it's one of those things that's going to show up over time as you go into other experiences and you're going to see how this is going to ripple out. Fully. Yeah. I'm a changed woman. <laughs> As always. And I d- took you guys deeper into my the work that I'm doing with internal family systems, which is a very profound parts work method. And so we're diving deeper and deeper into challenging this mono mind theory that says that we're all one thing, that life is all one thing, that there's only one version of reality that's plausible, that anything that deviates from that deserves to be pathologized. We're just here to dispel all those molds because the more that we explore this human journey and the psyche and and truly the most cutting edge research that's taking place, those past, the extremely linear theories are falling flat on their face. So we just, we dive into all of that in this podcast and Super excited to have you guys on the journey with us. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. Before we jump into the episode, we want to highlight our sponsor, Conscious Conversion, recently known as Resonate with Sarah. Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. We love them because their main mode of operating, which also filters out the clients they bring on, is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. And now back to our episode. We're calling in our higher selves, calling in our soul family, all of the energies that walk with us in this lifetime. As we set aside this space and open the portal for honest, open, authentic communication. We open up our hearts, we open up our throats for whatever wants to come through. Co-creating with the energy that is here today. We ground ourselves, we are open, we are open, we are open, we are here. The portal is now open. Hello. What up? How are you doing? How does it feel to be back? Oh my gosh, I'm back. <laughs> Holy shit. How does it feel? Dude, I it was oh, amazing. I feel like um 
just if you were to imagine someone who is skipping through fields throwing daisies in the air, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even understand. I even your that, even your flight back was an initiation. That's what I'm talking about. The flight. That's what has me. Well. <laughs> One, I just, I'm still very much in the lust phase with LA, you know, like I had an amazing time in Costa Rica and I'm sure if I go other places, I'll have an amazing time, but I just love LA. I love it here. I love my home. I love my birds. I love how I feel here. I love how my energy co-creates with the energy of LA. I love it. And I woke up this morning and just so cozy in my bed, looked out the window, the sun was shining through. I wake up so early. It's crazy how there's a time difference with LA and Costa Rica, but I'm still on the same sleep schedule, like waking up as if the howler monkeys were ripe and ready at 5 a.m. What's the time difference? Two hours. So it's so, two hours later? Or, or, I, yeah. That stuff always confuses me. I'm so confused. <laughs> Do you like <laughs> time or endings time? Just, I don't know. This is one of those math problems that my brain does not respond well to. I remember when I got to Colorado, I was like looking at Georgia time. I was like, Steph, I'm getting there at 4.30. And it was like 6.30 in Colorado at the time. And Steph didn't realize it. And she was like, what? I'm still supposed to be with clients at 4.30. We had like the dumbest conversation ever. But anyways. Even as you're speaking, I, I feel like my brain's going dull. Yeah. <laughs> like Same. I don't understand it either. Time yeah. changes fuck me up. With work, I'm literally like, I the, the past two days, I, I'm like, okay, so you can meet at one. And then I send them an invite for 1130 a.m. their time. And they're like, Valentina, <laughs> I just told you. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. You handle it, people. So yeah, I woke up this morning and I just looked around at my apartment and I was like, I am home. I am in AC. I am like just thriving like the LA queen that I am. <laughs> what do you mean in a C? An AC, air conditioning. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's funny. The part like, of I, me, the part of me that likes comfort was so vicariously satisfied at the thought of you getting to experience air conditioning again. <laughs> amazing. I'm like, I love blasting the AC and being in like a thick hoodie and big sweatpants and and Costa Rica I was basically naked and sweating all the time you know which was fun like I love it but I love this I'm just you know it does put us in perspective hell yeah it helps you realize how much of a walking paradox we all are yes because we're like I even me I'm like yes nature I just want to go back to the basics, to the most basic type of living where everything is simple and I'm just one with the birds and the trees. And then, for example, for me in Colorado, like after a day in the sand dunes, I was like crawling out of my skin. <laughs> Let me tell you, we love to think these the, yeah, that you, I want to go back to the basics and tend the land and do this. And then you actually go there and you're like, oh, and for some people, maybe after they experience it, they're like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted. But I go there and I'm like, is there an Uber Eats out here? Like, I'm tired of working for everything. Yeah, I think we all, I definitely feel like a walking paradox of a human, for sure. Oh, yeah. And having this podcast makes, a, makes me at least really realize how much I'm like, we say one thing and then we say another thing and they make sense in our mind. But then if someone is hearing them without context, without knowing who we really are, it might sound like, you know, Valentina and Paul said this one time and something else another time. And it's, I've just, it's given me a lot of grace for other people and in communication with other people, because I realize that I always mean what I say and I'm always speaking from a very authentic place and humans are a fucking case study. Like we are a case study. There is no, because we said this, it means this. We're constantly having to be present with each other and just learn each other in every instance, which is beautiful because that means that we give each other room to grow. And just because you, Paula, are one way right now, yes, there's going to be some consistency over time, but I can have a more intimate and deeper relationship with you if I allow you to show me who you are in every instance that we're together without making you cling on to who you said you were a week ago. One version of myself, yes. Exactly. Like we are a case study. We are multidimensional, layered beings. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. 
the deeper I go into this IFS work, I was studying it last week. And IFS is internal family systems, for those of you who don't know. Basically, we have family systems and systems in the outside world. There's also systems in the inside world. And IFS is basically built on the premise or functions from the paradigm of that we are made up of multiple parts and multiple systems. And it's almost like an inner family. And it's during an IFS session, it's almost like you're doing a family counseling session, but internally, and you're helping the different parts collaborate with each other. But anyways, I was researching and studying IFS and I'm like, okay, I really think I'm, I'm really getting it. Like I'm really grasping it. I'm really, I'm starting to work with it in very deep ways with my clients. And I get to a part in my, in my studies where he's like Richard Schwartz, the creator of this method, um, where he's like, yeah. And so then you get the parts to get along with each other, but then the parts have parts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like, the parts have parts. Oh my God. This is never going (laughs) to (laughs) end. Jesus Christ. It's It's so trippy. Us humans, it's like if you were to to look at us through, you know, those little kaleidoscope binoculars, that's who we are. Yes. Like a million and one little pieces inside of us. Yeah. Are are you familiar with fractals? What do you mean? Yeah. Like there's more and more and more and more and more and more kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fractals is is this mathematic concept that kind of describes the way that the natural world is organized. And basically, like, if you look at an object in regular life, you see one thing and then you look at it through a microscope and the more, yeah, the more deeper and deeper and deeper you look at it, it keeps reflecting the same thing over and over again, but at different scales. So it's never Mm -hmm. ending. It's kind of like your neurons look like, like your blood vessels. It starts with your neurons and then it becomes your blood vessels and then it becomes, it's your lungs, and then it becomes trees, and then it becomes energy. But it's kind of like the same thing over and over and over and over again, whether you're going outwards or you're going inwards. And it's kind of infinite. It gets really trippy. That is super psychedelic. It's so psychedelic. As if we are, a picture of us is more accurate on mushrooms than it is not on mushrooms. You know what I mean? I mean, the wildest thing is that this method of working i'm so deeply enthralled by it because it is the most the closest to the truth that i feel that i've come so far in my understanding of the psyche and it is very trippy you're almost you're almost in a psychedelic journey without being on anything it is really really powerful stuff and actually in some research that they've done in conjunction with psychedelics is I think it was, I don't I forget what kind of psychedelic it was that they were doing this with, but what they found was that the participants would often spontaneously start working with their parts without any direction, even when they were on psychedelics. Oh, wow. So it's, it's a very natural aspect of the human mind to have parts. It's, it's, I'm really starting to be like, this is the anatomy of the psyche. But the, it, we're kind of waking up to it now as a society because for some reason, at some point, Western psychiatry and psychology and people that claim themselves to be experts of the mind, which like, who even is that? You know, who is that? Who is a full expert of the mind? Like, I think anybody that wants to talk of themselves as an expert, it's really important to have disclaimers on there that say like, okay, this is as far as I understand it so far, but I'm not God and everything is constantly evolving and we're constantly understanding it. But Western psychiatry and and psychology in many ways came in and was like, we are the experts. We tell you how it works. When we say that the, the name that your brain has is this disorder, that is the brain that you have. And we know the whole mystery of everything when in reality, it's always unfolding. And in these models decided on the mono mind theory, which is, it's just, it's one mind. You're one thing. And anything that deviates from that is seen as pathological. You know, when I start talking with clients about their parts, one thing that's often common is people 
being afraid <laughs> of they're like, are you, you know, is, is my therapist trying to tell me I have multiple personality disorder right now? And not to make light of multiple personality disorder, because that's it's a thing. I, I don't specialize in that. If we're looking at it from the from the paradigm of internal family systems, that's just literally parts that have been even more polarized and more have taken on more extreme roles. It's the same thing that the rest of us struggle with, but just at, at a more amplified version of that. But right, when clients are afraid of that, I'm like, no. I mean, we are all made up of multiple parts. This isn't this isn't just you. It's just that we have been sold this idea by the Western medical models that the mind and people are supposed to be one thing all the time. And only and don't really have layers to them. And if we give you a diagnosis, that's forever. And that's who you are. And we fix you with a pill. At the same time, it's very capitalistic in many ways. So I've convinced people of this model. And there's only one reality that's valid. And that's ordinary states of consciousness, an ordinary state of consciousness that doesn't that that is extremely linear. And anything that deviates from that is also not real and it's also pathologized. So they have put our humanity into this very rigid box and convinced everybody that they are the experts and everybody believes them, you know, like it's not even when when people talk about personality disorder diagnosis where they're like, no, this is just. And I know everybody has different relationships to this and some people feel very validated by their diagnosis. I mean, I can even say that being able to say like, okay, yeah, I have OCD. That's helped me categorize my own mind and learn to work with it. But I also understand that it's so much bigger than that and I can shift it. And it's not just I have OCD because this is my brain structure that is just one thing that is a disorder that I'm condemned to. It's different manners in which my mind reacted to certain triggers. But if I can go back and heal those traumas, I can shift that and I can learn to work with my mind and with the world in a way that gives me a different experience of reality. It's not that black and white. But people, when they get these diagnoses, they, because it's quote unquote experts of the medical world, will often really identify with it and say things like, this is just how my brain works, right? No, my brain is just, this is what my, my brain is broken. Or, okay, now I understand what I have, what my brain is. And again, it gives us a framework, but everybody's brain and spirit and soul and entire psyche is so much more layered than when one diagnosis could ever define us to be blows my mind. It blows my mind. Yeah. Because everything that you just said ring, rings so true, you know, and I've always had an issue with when people, when experts come to me with, or on a podcast or on something saying like, this is just the way it is. We are this, we are that, we are that. I feel like every time someone claims something like that, they should also be like, and I'm also at the edge of my knowledge with how multidimensional we are. You know, yeah. like, this is what I know so far. They don't take into account the fact that, you know, I am not just Valentina. I am made up of the culture that I'm in, the norms, my mom, my grandma, my grandma's 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 grandma. I mean, there's like a million and one pieces that right. make up who we are. Yeah. It's not just, oh, she's sad, she's depressed. Done. Yeah. Done deal. Oh, right. Like, yeah. And that's your brain. This is just, this is your diagnosis. Yeah. This is your diagnosis. Like, and I remember I used to think that of myself when I had depression. I would always, I really just had this image of myself as a sad person. I just saw this. I was like, I'm just a dark person in this lifetime, you know? And then I started becoming more self-aware, tapping deeper into my spirituality, getting to know the different levels of my soul, getting to know you know, speaking to my, my guides, speaking to my multidimensionality. And it, it just became so utterly clear to me how, how minimizing our models are. It's not as simple as that one thing. No, it's not. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my tangent more to come. <laughs> Love that. 
that I think it's so helpful and such a breath of fresh air. And I'm sure people who hear that are going to be on the other side, like, amen, amen. And that's what, you know, we're normalizing being human on this podcast. Like nothing is fucking normal and everything is fucking normal. This is, we, we, we have to, to wake up to how not broken we are. There's reasons behind so much and there's layers behind who we are. And if we can just continue to approach everything with, you know, an open mind and not so much the labels, I feel like that would help so much. Right. And also question anybody that like wants to tell you this is the only way that this can be done. This is the only way that this healing can take place. Even because even within the OCD, you know, even within the OCD models, Exposure response prevention therapy is seen as the gold standard in treatment. And that's something that everybody throws around. Anybody that works with exposure response prevention and OCD therapists throw around very vehemently. They're always saying like gold standard, gold standard. Anything that deviates from that is wrong, right? And even in that, like from an IFS perspective, the part of them that wants to cling onto that so rigidly, that's something that we would also look at, right? Because... What I'm finding in more people that are working from the IFS paradigm, I'm I'm looking to bridge both models in a way that makes sense. And I've had so many clients that were just working with I, ERP, ERP therapists that were just doing it like rigidly, hard cut, cold ERP, where like your intrusive thoughts are irrational. They're not, they don't mean anything. They're just kind of like floating around and bothering you. Essentially, it's what ERP is saying. Like, don't even, don't even take time to question what they're telling you. They're just thoughts that are, are attacking what you value and they don't make sense. So if you're taking time to get to understand them, you are wasting your time and you're dealing with a bad therapist, essentially. Like, it's not rooted in anything. I have not yet come across one client with OCD whose content OCD content is not related to some form of trauma that they had in their life. And when we're able to address the trauma, the actual exposure work is so much easier because otherwise ERP is just looking to override those parts of you, their natural instinct to try to protect you because of whatever they experience. And they do OCD parts do this in very extreme ways. And so a lot of times it doesn't make sense to other people. But if you really get in there, it does make sense, even if it doesn't seem like it on the outside. It does. And if people can get to a point and if you can help clients and even yourself as a therapist see the logic that that part is working through, that opens up so much room for that part to collaborate with you when you're doing the exposures. So I've had clients who did ERP for so long and like it didn't. It kind of it works while you're doing it, but it's so it's very forceful. It's like you know, if you're afraid of uh, germs, they'll they'll have people like touch the toilet seat, you know. And you're dealing with somebody that's like terrified of germs, and like obviously the the theory is that you habituate yourself to it, so you start losing the fear, and that works for a little bit. But the part that was traumatized that developed that content doesn't get dealt with when you're doing strictly ERP and not getting under there and doing the more compassionate approach of getting to know that part and helping it release whatever burden it's carrying. So even in that, that's something that like a lot of IFS practitioners are now looking to get into research and make this build a body of evidence so that we can, I mean, because that's what it requires, like, so we can start incorporating this more intensely into OCD treatment because in my experience too, I've seen like it's unkind and there's an absence of compassion and not being able to tend to the parts in a nurturing way while you're doing the exposures. It's almost like you're you're forceful, you're forcing people to habituate, but also inadvertently risking re-traumatizing them. Which is aligns so deeply with how we functioned as a society. Yeah. Asking everyone to just hustle away and put their soul to the side so they can make money, so they can get things done. 
asking us to just basically go to, through boot camp in order to win our gold. Whereas now all of us are really waking up to the fact that it doesn't necessarily come from pushing ourselves and working out of the mind only. It comes from bringing in the heart. And the body. And the body. It's layered. And, and pure compassion. There's yeah. so much compassion involved in the building of the new paradigm. Yeah. Like there's so many therapists and OCD therapists that like some of them I, I respect because they know their stuff very well. But I've seen them. I hear them say often like if your therapist is, is spending time trying to get to the root of your OCD content with you, like they are that's an that therapist is not doing the work the way they need to be doing it. That's how ERP is. I'm saying Valentina's looking at me like, what? That blows my mind. What do you mean? Everything comes from getting to the root. It's again, the, that Western model of putting a bandaid over things and never actually facing what is. Well, you know what the thing is though, that a lot, because I think it's just a lack of, un, of, of knowing how to like, poke around in the psyche and knowing how to like unpack what the psyche is doing. And so they're just like, it doesn't, cause a lot of what OCD does doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You know, like I'll use body dysmorphia, for example, which is something I've dealt with. Like, I mean, I've, if people want to, people could sit there and argue with me all day long that like, I, you know, I don't have to be worried about whatever particular body part is triggering me that like that's normal or that's fine. So like on the surface to other people, it doesn't make sense. It seems irrational to be having such an extreme response to something, right? And so from an ERP model, we're not going to spend any time kind of like debating that or the root of it or anything. We're just like your brain is just picked up on this and it's just going ham on this. So we're going to practice exposures to reverse the response that you're having to it. But actually, if I dig around deep enough and I have, there's reasons why my psyche picked up on that. And if I'm able to understand that and bring compassion to the parts that hyperfixated on that, I'm able to do the exposures more effectively because there's a touch of compassion towards my system while I put them through something that's uncomfortable. Right. Or, you know, with germs, like it doesn't make sense to be that hyper fixated on like that you can't touch anything or that you have to clean your house a million times. So from an ERP perspective, it's OK. That doesn't make sense. We're not going to spend time trying to figure out why your body's panicking with that. We're just going to start like challenging you to not clean to like you're going to start doing the opposite, which has some logic. But if you dig, if you kind of poke around in the psyche, you see that even if the rules don't make sense to you, there's a there's a reason why the system came up with those rules. And if you can learn to understand the rules that each system is coming up with, you get to collaborate with that system rather than forcing it into like literally it's forcing it into silence, forcing it into oppression like it works, but you have to work twice as hard. And you have to continuously do it versus if you get to start, if you can go down to heal the roots at the same time that you're doing the exposures, you get to bring in both like that masculine energy and the feminine. It brings in more of a balance. Yeah. And it looks at the human, not from this linear perspective yeah. of trying to make everything make sense. A because of B because of C, you know, we're coming back to the more artistic embodied way of this this doesn't necessarily need to make sense we're just going to take it bit by bit by bit and they at the end of it it's all connected but it doesn't have to be this like mapped out math equation which i think we really love we really love putting things into a box and having clear-cut algorithms but humans are art pieces we're case studies i just keep saying that word over and over again we're case studies yeah, there's a lot of layers in there. Totally. At least that's how I'm approaching myself from now on with a, with different aspects of my life, you know? I'm recognizing that certain things that I want don't necessarily make sense. So I just living my life more embodied and more how does this feel? 
How do I, that is what really guides me. How does this feel? Even though this option A makes more sense from how, what I've been taught. Option B doesn't make a lot of sense, but my body responds really well to it. So that's where I'm going to go. A mix of both, but definitely lately my journey has been tapping deeper into my body. And that has brought me way more peace than just trying to follow the rules and trying to think logically. So thanks for that beautiful tangent, which I want to, I mean, we'll keep building on it. Um, But should I talk about my last combo? Yeah, let's hear about it. So did you, did you do it on your spine? I did it on my spine. I decided to, yeah, to just dive in and I, they did. I have to show you the video of the rape when they administered the rape up my nose. I look, I, I filmed it. I asked her if I could film it. I look, I can't, I don't know if I'll ever put it on Instagram because I don't know if y'all need to be watching me go through that level of pain, but it's the most uncomfortable situation ever. And some people do it like before their meditations in the morning. They don't do the hero dose that I got, but they still do it. I don't get it. I don't get Is it. Is it like tobacco? It's sacred. I actually wrote it down this time. I had them tell me because after our last podcast, <laughs> we were not helpful. <laughs> we were like, whatever, we were like, Google, Google it. it. <laughs> so it's the, the base of it is always sacred tobacco. And then it has different kind of, um, what is it? Like plants mixed in it. This one had gumaru, candelario, and cacao mixed with the sacred tobacco. And I do not know what half of those are. I know what cacao is. <laughs> and I know yeah, what I know tobacco cacao. is. Do they so, blow it up your nose? Dude, they, they, yeah, they blow it up your nose. They put like with a straw, like, and it Ugh. just shoots up to your brain and, and you feel it almost like cascading down your entire body. And I, every time they do it, I start spinning. Literally, like my body starts spinning in circles. I can't sit, stand up straight. And this time when I did the combo, my intention was to release any energy inside of me that is not aligned with the wholeness that I already am. What does that mean? For me? Yeah. It means that I already believe that I am whole, that I am healed, that I am healthy, that I am as perfect as, or not perfect, that I am, I am already in divine form. And any sickness, quote unquote, any ailment, any anxiety, any stress, anything like that is not who I am. It is something that I may be holding on to okay. that is taking me away from who I am. But as I am, I am whole. I am whole. I am divine. I am God. As I believe you are God, as I believe everyone I come in contact with is God. And how I look at disease is blocked or stagnant energy in your body. That is my belief system. I at the root of it, that is what I believe. I don't I believe, believe it. any like, no, you, it's hereditary. Maybe, you know, <laughs> but my core beliefs is that there is something that we need to be removed, something that we have not released, something that we have because of our traumatized brains have, we have suppressed certain things that need to be released. I mean, I'll tell you, even when I'm working with clients in IFS, like one of the things that we do is you've I locate where that part is in your body. And usually there's a ton of tension around there. There's discomfort. There's like actual physical manifestations and symptoms of it. And then after a session, when we release that energy, that whatever that physical manifestation is actually goes away too. Yeah. So it's, it's quite spiritual in that sense. If you want to call it that, I mean, energies. I can, you know, so many different words to get lost in, but if if you can move the energy, you in or release it, you can significantly shift the experience that you're having in your body. Fully, I believe in everything as an energetic first and foremost, first and foremost, which is why I do all, what I do, which is why my meditation, my breath work, my plant medicines, those to me are. That's my religion. That's my doctor. That's my, those are my answers to everything. I definitely believe that, you know, everyone is right in what they're thinking. They have reasons for it. Just like I have reasons for what I believe. I don't, I'm not here to change anyone's mind, but 
it is the most clear thing in the world to me that, you know, don't call it spiritual. That's a triggering word, but that we are energy. We can't just take pills to solve things. We've got to get to the root of who we are and we've got to speak to those pieces of who we are. And we have to face the energy that we are holding on to in order to heal different ailments in our body. So that's what all of that means to me, right? That I yeah. like I currently have womb such womb issues or ovary issues and my skin. I break out and I'm not really sure why because we know if you listen, I eat all of the healthy things in the world. I don't drink. And I've had different people tell me before that people who think like me, they believe that it is unexpressed emotions coming out through my skin. And I believe that. It's, it, you know, gets me a little angry because I feel like I do my best to release what I can. So I don't really understand what it is entirely, but that's why I continue to go on this journey because I did spend 27 years suppressing mainly everything that I felt in order to keep the world around me safe enough to live in. It was an illusion because I was safe, but that's what I needed, you know? All right. That's what that protector part of you decided. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because when I was in Costa Rica, I was, that's one of the things that I learned from there was really just letting myself feel all the feels, all the feels and knowing that they wouldn't break me. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from that trip. That, and then also knowing that comfort is way more internal than it is external. It, it is. It really is. Because your ability to surrender is completely aligned with how comfortable you're going to feel. If you're in a situation where, or if you're like my combo situation, when they administer the rape, when they asked me at the end of it, they're like, how was that for you? And I'm like, it just was. You know, it was uncomfortable, but it wasn't. They were like, could you, could you handle it? And for me, I said, you know, if I had interacted with the narrative in my mind that I was in pain and that I was deeply uncomfortable, that experience would have been hell for me. I wouldn't have been able to go through it as smoothly as I did. If you were to have a video camera on me, you would be like, oh, she's handling this like a champ because I was just breathing, meditating, and then like wild projectile vomiting, but also looking like a fucking just meditator at the same time right? Where imagine if I had been like, I can't, I can't do this. Like help me. That probably would have escalated the amount of pain that I was feeling. Oh yeah. But the For second sure, I started yeah. feeling that pain in my, in my body, I could actually, I, I was catching all the moments that every time I would feel pain, my, I would start engaging in a conversation with different parts of my mind. I would start just my, I would get lost in thoughts. I would, and then immediately I'd be like, Oh, I forgot to breathe go back. And then I would forget about the pain. It was just a sensation that was going through my body. But then I would, when I would get lost in narrative and the narrative again, it would be clear to me that I was in a deeply discomfort or deeply uncomfortable situation. And oh my God, why did I do but Why did I do this? And then I would remember, come back to my body. And then when I would go to my body, I was just feeling sensations, you know? So all of this, you know, all of that to say is the level of comfort is really your resistance to feeling. It's only going to be uncomfortable when we attach that narrative to it. That's true. There are those times though, you know, where it's like, oh, thank God I don't have to be that mindful to be comfortable, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like the air yeah. conditioning thing, like I, I know I could, in theory, I could really work to be comfortable wherever, you know, but also grateful when I don't have to. I mean, that's part of the human experience is, you know, back when we had Danny on the podcast, uh, one of my favorite things that she says is let the human have the experience. And I'm not out here trying to become this enlightened Buddha and just breathe my way through deep, deep suffering. I also want to react. I also want to be like, fuck it. I want air conditioning and I want air one and green juices and all the bougie that's not really bougie but i mean kind of but like all the you know first world situations and at the same time i also want to meditate and you know do the woo woo stuff i don't believe that we or i at least don't want to be on this earth consistently trying to like transcend myself 
I think there's time and a place for it, but I also like to be human and just like fuck up and have fun. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, having that some level of skill in transcending the narratives and just kind of surrendering to the sensations is so important so that we don't get trapped in the drive for comfort. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's why, so if you guys follow me on Instagram, I if you were keeping up with my stories, I basically, you know, my ride back to Atlanta or where am I? I live in Los Angeles. My ride back to Los Angeles was, oh my God, it was a, like a two day trip to finally get here. And I was in the airport and I only slept six hours in the past 48 hours. And I was also, I have not had pork in years, 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 years. And I haven't had cheese in years. You know, I eat very healthy. The only stand that I had for basically, I don't know how long was ham. The only food stand in the airport was ham and cheese sandwiches and coffee. And I haven't had coffee since February. So I literally was sleep deprived, drinking coffee, eating ham and cheese sandwiches, not very Valentina. And very just tired. And then my mom was like, how are you? But if you were to talk to me, I was pretty, I was just chilling. Like, I'm like, okay, this is, this just is what it is. It just is what it is. I can't, if I were to sit there and be like, this is like, you know, they don't even have food that I want. They, where can I sleep? I'm freezing. I want to get home. Da, 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 da. It would have been one of the like two miserable last days. Torturous. Yeah. Torturous. Yeah. And I really believe it is because of my practices and also my most recent experiences with combo and just really learning how to surrender to the discomfort and allowing the discomfort to be a total gift to my liberation. That those two days were just, they were just there. They just were, they just were Yeah. what they were, you know? Yeah. I just, I'm laughing because I like, I'm thinking about how intense we all are. All the siblings. <laughs> What do you mean? In this family. Like when you're like, the discomfort was a gift to my liberation. <laughs> Why are we like this? I know, right? It's like, did we come from that lineage of like really strict Catholicism that would like flagellate themselves? I don't know. But <laughs> Hell no. I, mean, I know that's such an extreme I, statement, but that is so stream, extreme. I believe that we, you, me, and Sebastian, our brother, came to this earth. First of all, we are soul fam from like some shamanistic tribe. All of us are medicine women and men. Yeah. And we didn't, I don't think in this lifetime we came to just be human and experience. <laughs> you know, I don't think that we just came to like have fun and like do the fucking nine to five situation and follow that path. I think all of us came to explore the absolute depths of spirit and get to to liberation yeah you yeah. know yeah. and that involves facing all of the things that bring utter resistance to the human body yeah <laughs> it's just funny to me when i'm talking to somebody that's not part of our family and like for example i found a trail running group in atlanta and shout out to malik for help for leading the way with that and so i went trail running and I haven't done trail running in so long. And immediately it was like 4.5 miles, like at full speed. And I was like, like, just <laughs> at one point I fell like down the trail. Like it was just intense, you know, just really intense energy. By the end, I'm like, I feel like my legs are going to fall off. And like, that's fantastic. And I'm like, great. So they run on this day and that day and that day. And I also met somebody that does rock climbing. So I'm going to do rock climbing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm going to trail run on Monday, and Wednesday and Sunday. And then my friend uh, was like, huh? <laughs> he was like, isn't that a lot? Is that what people do? Isn't that a lot for some, like, if you just start out to, is that what people do? <laughs> I'm like. You're like, no, I'm just a Sinistera. I'm Colombian. I'm a fire sign. I'm a woman. There's layers to this passion. Right. We go in with fire. We go in with so much fire. Sometimes when I listen back to our podcast, I'm like, Valentina, <laughs> chill out. You sound like you're yelling. <laughs> I'm like, and I try to, I, and I'm going to say the same thing about this fucking conversation. Whenever I listen to our podcast, because I edit them, I'm like, oh my God, I sound so intense. 
but in that moment, I know it's just this like passion running through my veins and I really want to get across everything that I feel to the, uh, to our, our listeners. And then I hear it on the other end and I'm like, what do y'all think of us? <laughs> <laughs> like, truly. Uh, we definitely veered off from your combo though. Oh yeah. Take, so the combo. Okay. Okay. This is what we do. Um, I, do, 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 do. where was I? Oh, so my mom was with me in this one. Whoa. Yeah. My mom was with me in this, this experience and our mom is still alive and kicking, but her spirit was with me. And she kind of was just taking care of me, just letting me know that I'm just, we're going to do this and I'm here. And I just kept saying over and over and over, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. Cause I was like, they told me, they were like, you're going to do this on your back. So just <laughs> you, like, watch out. It's coming for you. The back is one of the strongest ones. And so I just kept saying to myself, I'm like, okay, take out whatever you need to take out. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender for me and for my mom. For me and for my mom. You've been listening to us. So much of what I do is not just for me. If I have a chance to heal, I'll think of you, Paula. I'll think of my mom. I'll think of people in my life who I love that may be holding certain things. Like I want to heal for them because I believe that we're all connected. And when I heal, they heal. When they heal, I heal. So I just kept saying I surrender. And the back was not that bad. Honestly, it was easier than the first one I ever did. And so they put five dots on my spine and that's what they started out with. And I was just sitting there and then I started sweating like madman, just sweating, sweating, sweating. And, the, and everyone around me started puking except me. And I was like, why am I? No, 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 no. My body is not about to hold on to this combo. Like this is time to release. I'm just sitting there. <laughs> and... Then I hear our two guides speak to each other. And I, you know, it's almost like when you're at the nail salon and they're talking, you're like, you're talking about how ugly my feet are. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they were talking and I'm like, oh my God, they're saying something's wrong. And so then I, then what I hear the footsteps of one of them coming up behind me and was like, I need to put another dot of combo on your back. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Cause I wasn't purging. And right when he got really close to my spine, I immediately just, just projectile vomited all in front of me. So he didn't even, he didn't even have to touch it? Well, then he goes, he goes, do you still want me to put it? And I was like, I don't have critical thinking skills right now. <laughs> like, do what you gotta do. You said he, that. Well, no, but that's what I'm thinking. But he was like, yeah. do you still want me to put it and or put the dot on? And I was, I, I did shrug. I shrugged and I go, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he did it. And then I kept going, kept going. And it was good. And I was, and I felt after puking and all the things, I felt amazing afterwards. And before we started the ceremony, so you know, combo is a frog. Before we started the ceremony, I, and I posted this picture on my Instagram. I actually went to the bathroom and when I walked out, a frog jumped on my hand, like straight landed on my arm. That's crazy. You crazy. know what happened? <laughs> you know what happened to me a few days? I think in between your first and your second combo ceremony, I went to Chick-fil-A <laughs> and I got a kid's meal and my kid's meal came with a little gift and it was a, a little kid's book about a frog. No way. Yeah. I was oh, like, I oh, that. I felt like a little wink from the universe. Totally. When do I ever get a kid's meal? And why was there a kid's book about a frog? Yeah, right? That's amazing. I love that. Nothing is random. I looked up what a frog meant, and it means fertility. And we mm. know my bee stings that I got and my little bees that keep visiting me, they're also fertility. And the work that I'm doing right now with my ovaries and my womb is just and, and reestablishing, stepping into my feminine uh, is all about fertility, fertility life-giving, allowing surrendering flowing so when i think of fertility i don't think necessarily of like sure it is having babies but for me fertility means allowing life to pass through you yeah so yeah that those were that is the last of my my combo ceremony and also so sarah is just as intense as we are she is also a scorpio moon like i am and she we were talking to someone and they're like yeah i did combo five times and we just look at each other and we we're like 
do we have to do it too? <laughs> like we can't, it's like, if this, if, if, an, if an experience, this is what it is. It's like, we are obsessed with diving into the depths of growth. So if it means that there's going to be growth on the other side of this and open up our minds to more life, that's what it is. It's like open up our minds to more life, to more experience, to, to just the, the, like, yes, to this, to this lifetime. It's really hard to say no. Yeah. Also, it's like, if you already went in a little bit, <laughs> that's frustrating to my psyche to think about. Like, if I'm already all the way here, I've already gone through that level of pain and you're telling me I was like a fourth away of whatever right. that was from experiencing right. the full potential of it after I just went through all that and I didn't get the full thing, you know? I remember, yeah, it's like when I went with with Steph and, and we did mushrooms and and we got there or whatever that morning that we were going to do them, she was like, oh, I don't have as many as I thought I did. Oh my God. That's like telling, that's like the biggest like squash to our spirits you could ever give us. I was like, I did not come all the way over here to, to, to not have die. a little, to just have a little, like a little drizzle of seeing colors in HD. Like, like I really, I had to do so much parts work inside of myself on our whole drive there. I'm like, this is not Steph's fault. <laughs> Don't take this out on Steph. <laughs> like I had, I was self-soothing for a few hours <laughs> and then, uh, on the outside. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> Inside. I was like, you know, all kinds of soothing methods. And then it turned out that that thing was one of the most powerful things I've taken as far as mushrooms go. So it's like, at the same time, you never know what the universe has. You also got to trust. Well, so how do you feel now? I feel like I'm back in LA. <laughs> I'm so curious about like the long, wish... the after effects of the combo. I know, I know. Honestly, one of the most palpable ones was being able to tolerate or sh showing me how much of a warrior I am. Like I feel like a warrior, truly, truly. Like I don't what can break me if this is what I've gone through? And it's not even just the combo. It's like everything that I've done up until this point, but the combo is, is such a big part of it as well. I just, when you are faced with that and you were saying, yes, so yeah, bring me into that level of pain. I know I'm going to sign myself up for puking my brains out, right? It's like when you start, when you do these kinds of things, you realize how, how okay you are and how okay you're going to be and that anything that comes to you you've experienced much worse and you've taught yourself how to tolerate it and you're going to be okay. So I feel really, really resilient. You know, I don't feel like a warrior, like, ah, I can fight anything. You know, I feel like a warrior of just life of love that anything that comes to me, I'm here for it. I am ready to co-create with it. I am ready to alchemize it. I am alive. Yes to life. Yes to life. Yes to life. I love that. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels great. And it, it also opens up how much joy I have in my life. I used to avoid a lot of pain, but when you avoid pain, you avoid pleasure. And just how the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. When you, you know what I mean? Like I, it's all on the same spectrum. Yeah, yeah. It's like comfort is the kind of pleasure that we have learned to go after in our society. Like an immediate pleasure, an immediate sensory pleasure that only kind of touches the, the tip of the iceberg. But that's why we have to keep going back and back and back for it again. I'm thinking substances. I'm thinking everything that we do to just stay really comfortable. But that also traps you. It does. When you open yourself up to the full spectrum of life and allow yourself to feel everything and you're not afraid to feel it, you open up space to feel just levels of joy that are so deep that you want to combust, that you want to cry, that you just can't believe that you get to live this life. And it's such a beautiful place to be because I have experienced, I have so many journal entries from when I was younger being like, is this really it? Like, what the fuck is the point of this life? This is miserable. I don't understand it. I don't like, what is this all for? And at the same time, around that time, I was also suppressing so much of myself and 
not really diving into it, all parts of myself, not diving into everything that this life could be. But the more I've gone on in my journey and the more I've allowed myself to face my fears, really that's such a pivotal, a pivotal, pivotal part of it. The more I've done that, the more I've become, but the more I've created heaven on earth for myself. You know, I look around me all the time and even just waking up this morning and even, you know, being stuck in the airport, all of these things, I'm like, for me, it just feels like this little game that I get to play for however many years I get to be a human in this lifetime. I feel like how lucky am I that I get to play and create and love and eat yummy food and dance and have sex and do all these amazing things that human can, humans can do in this lifetime. Whereas before, you know, all, you know, you, when you don't face your fears and you are just living the life that you're told that you have to live, the things that you worry about are needing to get the perfect job, find the perfect spouse, get, getting your perfect retirement plan and having everything be perfect of what they tell you perfect is. And then when you just allow all of this stuff in, everything is just an experience. Like it's all just an experience. Nothing is actually here to break you down. Nothing. And even if you break down, you realize it's the breaking down is not this like awful thing. It's because you're about to fucking come out like sunshine after that. It's because your parts are rearranging to be something even more magical and more beautiful. Yeah. If you can lean into it. If you can lean into it. The end of 2020, I experienced a lot of real, a, a lot of my fears. I experienced back to back to back fears, fears that I had been avoiding for years and years and years. And I finally was kind of forced to feel them and face them. And it was, it is something that I am so grateful for. So grateful for, because that really sparked my journey to being like, well, I mean, that's over with. So now what? And I'm actually okay. So now what? You know, just keep facing them. Keep facing them. Keep facing them. And I had so many moments in Costa Rica where I was riding my bike and certain triggers would come up and I would just literally like, like yell at the sky out loud and just be like, Roof! like, hello, <laughs> I'm alive. I am alive. I am alive. What is here for me in this moment that is triggering me and making my heart and my throat and my belly constrict? Like, let's, let's not look at it on the surface. This is here for me. Is it because you, you guys want me to grow even more? All right, fuck it. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. Because every time I've done it, it's taken me to even more beautiful places. This time last year, I was in Atlanta, not really sure about anything that was happening. And also really anxious that I was about to go to LA for two weeks because I didn't want to leave my family. Literally this time last year. And not knowing if I could leave Atlanta because you know, what if I wanted to, what if I didn't have enough alone time when I was in LA? What if I didn't, you know, what if da, 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 money, this, that, whatever. And then I made the, the intention to say, to say yes to every single thing that came for me. And that just, ever since then, it's been a year of amazingness. That and was the first time you let yourself go on a trip that where there was a lot of unknowns the first time. Yeah. It's such a shift. I, cause I remember even trying to plan a trip with you before, just a vacation trip. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a different Valentina. Trying to plan a vacation trip was like the headache of my life. You know, why? What did I do? I, you, you know, I have amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> you could not decide. I'd be like, okay, we're going. And you're like, but are you sure? Should we go a different date? Do, are, oh, all yeah. these, are these other things? I, I needed decide. to know that everything was going to work out in a way where I would be okay. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like, of course I'm going to be okay. So yes, bring it on. We'll weave with what is. We will play and co-create with what is. Let's go. Let's do this. We're good. Nothing will break us. Nothing. Yeah. It might feel like it, but. Yeah. And when I speak like this, I really hope it's coming across. Like I'm not just sitting here being like, well, everything is amazing and nothing bad happens in life. It's like, no way, man. Like, yeah, shit gets hard. Are you kidding me? It gets hard, but 
if we can shift our perspective, all of these things can be the biggest blessings. Everything is here to co-create with us. When I came to LA, I didn't know if I was going to have a job. I didn't have a place to live. I didn't, I had nothing really. Like I had things, but you know, certain things in our family life were really rough. I had just broken up with someone who I thought I was going to marry. Like lots of hard things were going, my grandma had just died. I mean, like everything that I thought was my life was just pulled from, pulled out from under me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not, that, that is the ultimate theory. I believe it's leaning into these discomforts and fears to free ourselves. I'm just, I'm hearing it through the lens of my, the way that my system works. And I have such intense protectors that they, they are warrior like. I mean, you've seen it. Like I have such intense protectors that I have to go through. For me, it's for me, it's become about finding peace in my inner system, like learning to collaborate in my inner system and making like my inner system get along with itself and my protectors be able to release the burdens that they're carrying and free up the exiled parts of me that have are kind of keeping those protectors active and just the focus on the inner system that's what then opens me up to be able to step into life because if I don't deal with that first and I just like throw myself out into life my protectors are going to panic I I've, I've learned because you know especially with like OCD level protectors that are very intense I you you learn to respect them it's a, you, you don't go through those doors without getting every part of your system on the same page and knowing how to like collaborate with them. And then if I got that, if got, if I've got that in check, that opens up the doors for taking risks. That's a whole, yeah, that's a whole nother journey. I feel like when I came and, you know, granted, I don't have, I've, as we, I've dealt with bouts of OCD, um, and it's come in different shapes and forms and, I feel like so much of what ended up freeing me. So I, I say that to say, like, I can't, you know, we all have our own journeys. Yeah, totally. We all have our own journeys. Totally. Um, but when I, like, I used to be trapped by everything. Yeah. Everything used to trap me. I couldn't. Yeah, yeah yours. It's, you just can't compare one to the other. It's like yeah, apples like, and oranges. Yeah. I like, I didn't know where I stood in the world. I didn't know. I didn't like, I wasn't fully fulfilled and I didn't know why things felt out of place and I didn't know why. And I was scared of life. And it was literally only until I was like, I'm just going to, you know, and this is what worked for me. So some people, again, y'all may resonate with me. It may help you. You may resonate with Paula. It may help you. But the way that for me was like, I'm just going to jump off this cliff because I have a belief that I will fly, you know? And and I, I did. Yeah, no, I didn't. It, yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. That's how mine. Ever since I was a little girl, I have a, I'm very idealistic. And I, for my idealism, for me is realism. It's realistic. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm always chasing the butterflies and the rainbows through, through the darkness, through all of it, because I do believe that that is what makes up my, my full reality. So it's, it's my guiding light, my North star to everything and everything that I turn back to. Well, and it has, and it's been real for me. I, and I might be able to take more risks in that sense. Now that makes sense. But my attempt at like jumping off the cliff and having the universe catch me was in my early twenties. And that backfired so aggressively. (laughs) That backfired so aggressively because I did not have any kind of inner knowledge of my healing journey, really. None of that. It was just like, we're just going to get out here and do it like a fucking savage. And yeah, because yours was based in escapis, escapism, too. I thought, you know? I, was going, I thought I was going for freedom. Well, I was. <laughs> if only we could get more detailed on how fucking crazy you are. And not crazy as in like, we don't really love that word, but just wild and free. Yeah, I was going for freedom in my, like in theory, in my mind too. I remember like when I, I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to be free. And 
But then because I didn't have this like background of like knowing what the different parts of my protective systems are doing or anything like that, like it was all kind of like through force. And so it became a sort of rebellion because it, it was also kind of like, oh, I'm scared shitless, but I don't know how to look at that fear, deal with that fear. So I'm just going to do it, you know? And then what that would turn to is then I would drink too much or smoke or deal or like my firefighter parts would come in and just try to like dampen the nerves so I could keep going towards my freedom and that it turned into a shit show. <laughs> like that didn't work, you know? So yeah, I mean, all that to say that it's probably super important for a lot of people to get to know their inner system really well before <laughs> throwing yourself out there because those protectors could come in with like a vengeance. At least they did for me. Like yeah. it's different. Now I know how my system works. I'll there's more conscientiousness around it, not as much forcefulness, but and I do believe everything that I went through and am going through and everything you've gone through and are going through, it's because we were tasked with learning those specific things so we could help liberate other people who are going through those things. I like that with great power comes great responsibility kind of situation. Yeah. I don't believe that I'm dealing with the this skin stuff or this health stuff or, you know, I don't believe that I've had to like I've had to go through the journey of really defreezing myself on a very intense level. Like I have yeah. I wish y'all could see how I still kind of am. It's still, it hasn't gone away completely, but how just suppressed I used to be. Like yeah. I lived in a little tiny box and like, couldn't let people like, it was just, it was, it was hard, but I don't believe that any of that was just because like in vain, it's because I'm here to alchemize it for myself and alchemize it for anyone who listens to me. And, and not even if y'all hear this, I believe that by healing myself and Paula healing herself and, and returning back home to who we are, even if you, even if people don't hear us, that energy is, is rippling out into the universe. Like none of this is in vain. This is a journey that we are doing together. We are sending together by healing ourselves, by coming back home to ourselves. And we don't even have to be in the same room or even know each other to do that. Yeah. It ripples out. It's funny how like with, with a few years between for me, me and my experiences are, you know, I think any, a lot of people can probably relate to this. It's like, it, it becomes comical. <laughs> like, you know, the things that we put ourselves through, you can almost find the comedy in it where it's like, wow, wow. <laughs> like, I really thought I was going for freedom, but I didn't know much about myself. So I was like, well, that didn't work. That's not how we're going to do it. Reset. We're going to each write books someday. Yeah. Call it out now. I know the title of my book. What? Should I say it? <laughs> Wait, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Good thinking. Yeah. You will not take our title, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, guys. All right, you guys. We love you so much. Thank you for listening with us, for tuning in with us, for journeying with us, for being patient as I get back into Wi-Fi land. <sighs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Los queremos mucho. Love you guys. Just remember every single part of you is welcome here. Every last part of you, the 1,000 million trillion, <laughs> the billion jillion. The parts of, of the parts of the parts of the parts. Huh? Mwah. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>